warriors come out to play. These are the armies of the night. These are the warriors coming up on the good, the bad, and the ugly, a podcast about movies. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the ugly podcast about movies. The Warriors is this week's episode. And before I dive into that, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and for lending me your ear, giving me your time. I hope everybody's doing good out there during this crisis. And um, hopefully this episode, you know, helps, helps make your week because I feel really great about this episode. This movie is insane and it's amazing. One of the ultimate cult classics of all time. Even doing my own research about this movie, it's just like, is insane on how the how movies were made in the seventies. Movies like these, like this, were made in the seventies. So um, yeah, once again, thank you so much, and let's dive into it. The Warriors came out February 9th, nineteen seventy nine. So the overview, you know, it's first of all, it's based on. The Timeless Novel by Sol Yorick, also called The Warriors. I want to say loosely based because doing my research for this movie, I also did research on the book. The book is also insane. I believe the book is way more crazier than the movie. Um, but yeah, the, the movie and the book, is is a uh, two completely different um i guess like plots going on but you know i'll dive into the book more later into um my concession stand because this this episode this movie is so great it deserves a, a concession stand but yes carrying on with the overview based on the novel by Sol Yorick it is a gang called the warriors that go to a huge gang meeting in the Bronx. The Warriors are from Coney Island, so they got to travel to the Bronx pretty far. I'm not too sure on how far it is, because you know I've never been to New York, but I know it's far. They um, they stress it enough in the film, so they go to the Bronx for this huge gang meeting, where there's talk about a truce, where all gangs can can become basically one huge gang. And run New York. So during this meeting, the gang that held this whole meeting, the Gramercy Riffs, their leader Cyrus delivers an amazing speech in this movie. And while he's delivering this speech, he gets shot, and the warriors get blamed for the murder. So you have all these gangs in New York trying to find the Warriors and the Warriors are just trying to fight their way back and get back to Coney Island where they're safe and nobody can bother them. And the whole movie is just them fighting and trying to survive. And it's just, it's crazy and it's awesome. 
I love this movie. So the tagline for this movie, right? That you would see on the posters on this movie. So the tagline, these are the armies of the night. They are 100,000 strong. They outnumber the cops five to one. They could run New York City. Tonight, they are all out to get the warriors. I think that's pretty badass. Um, I did remember reading somewhere saying that this tagline was very controversial and some people had a protest to, to take it down. I guess because of it saying that they outnumbered the cops five to one, possibly. I'm not sure. It just didn't make sense to me on why people would want to protest this tagline and have it removed. But there's like a lot of controversy behind this movie. And um, another controversy, because I'm just saying that because another controversy was that when this movie debuted in theaters and was playing in theaters, I think there was, um, there's been a couple of reports that there was actually fights in the, in the theaters and some people got killed while this movie was playing and they got killed in the movie, in the theaters. So there's, there's a lot of crazy stuff happened in this movie, man, that happened while this movie was shown. And I can understand, I can understand why it's so controversial. The cast for the Warriors. So we have Michael Beck as Swan, James Ramar as Ajax. He's known for, he's known as Raiden in Mortal Kombat 2. He's also known as Agent Markham in Too Fast, Too Furious. And he's played two parts in Django Unchained. Um, He plays in the very beginning of the scene where they're, he plays one like the horseback slave traders or whatever he gets shot and then he also he also plays um i think his name is butch i'm not sure i think his name is butch at the end at the end of django near the end of django in can in candy's house at candyland we have dorsey wright as cleon brian tyler as snow david harris as cochise Tom McKitterick as Cowboy, Marcelino Sanchez as Rembrandt, Terry Mitchell as Vermin, Thomas Waits as Fox. Now, Thomas Waits, he's known for playing Windows in The Thing, if you have seen The Thing. If not, don't worry, because I'm going to cover that here on this episode during this Halloween month of October. And it's funny because the thing is the next episode. And I spoiled it, but it's all good. Deborah Van Valkenburg as Mercy. And David Patrick Kelly as Luther. And Luther is the um the main villain. He's the one that blames the Warriors for uh killing Cyrus. The the gang leader of the Gramercy Rifts. And um by the way, all these all these guys I just named, they're they're all the warriors. I mainly I mainly just picked out the cat the Warriors cast. Didn't really dive into too much of the other cast members. But yeah, David Luther, uh, David Kelly, he um 
he's mainly known to play in The Crow, John Wick 2, and the old guy from The Longest Yard um, that came out with Adam Sandler. He was the old guy that was uh, giving information to the cops or to, yeah, to like the, what was it called? The guards, giving information to the guards about uh, the meme machine. So, yeah. This movie, although it's the, well, before I dive into the budget, I also wanted to say that The Warriors was directed by one of my favorites, Walter Hill. And he wanted to follow the book a little bit more because The Warriors, or well, in the book, they're not even called The Warriors, they're called the Coney Island Dominators. And in the in the book, they were a gang of uh, blacks and Latinos. And Walter Hill wanted to Walter Hill wanted to follow that concept to for the Warriors and make them all like a black Latino gang. But Paramount found Paramount somehow didn't like that, I guess, and wanted to change it so they made it a little bit more diverse and had some white people in the gang so yeah I have a different opinion about that but we'll get into that a little bit more later on let's dive into the budget so the budget of the film estimated around 4 million box office numbers 3.5 3.5 million opening weekend. 22 million in the US and also in the, uh, I believe, worldwide too. It wasn't too big worldwide. So it just mainly stayed here in the US. And that's fine because that's that's a pretty good, uh, I mean, that's pretty good income if you ask me. Movie reviews. It has a green light on Metacritic, 65 score. 65 out of 100, so that's really good. Like I said, it's a green light, man. You know, Medicare give you give your movie a green light. 65 or above, that's pretty good, right? 60 or above. Rotten Tomatoes, 90%. Audience score, 88%. So this thing just ballparks, man. Hits it out the ballpark. One of the first, one of the few films I have in this podcast where it just like hits it out the ballpark for every single movie review website that that I have on this podcast. Some of the reviews that I've acquired from both these websites. If you've never seen this film, I can't recommend it highly enough. Another one reads, it's definitely in my top five of all time greatest movies. How do you, how do you review a movie like The Warriors? I got it. I've got a real short way for you. The Warriors is the best movies of the 70s. An influential survivalist thriller that would become a renowned cult classic. I mean, come on, man. You got all these people saying good things about The Warriors. This movie is amazing. And I just, for for another, some of the things that stood out, stood out to me in this movie was that it was mainly shot at night. And I guess like that, that just 
that and also the 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 way that it makes your hair stand up, like the um, dang, what's it called? Dang, goosebumps! It gives there you go the goosebumps. It gives you while watching this film because you know they're they're framed and now everybody every gang in New York is performing. You're like, oh shit, what's going to happen next? What's, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Because you always have those turns in this film where something always happens, and it just like like the like the vibe you get from it or the feeling you get from it. It's like like a Grimsley type of feel, feel, feeling from it. So movie awards, unfortunately and unbelievably, there is no awards for this movie. But there is a lot of great acknowledgement of this film. Like I said, it's a cult classic. Um, New York Times has it on its list for best 1,000 best movies ever list um this doesn't say what number it is it's, it is but it's on the new york times 1000 best movies with movies ever list entertainment weekly ranked it 16th on top 50 greatest cult films and also put it number 14 in top 25 most controversial movies ever so yeah um what can I say? This movie deserved a, an award, but like I said, it, it was like so controversial. You know, people were protesting it. People were getting killed in the theaters for uh, while it was being, I guess, like filmed or like not being filmed, but people were getting killed in the theaters while they were trying to watch it. You know, could you imagine? What a horrible way to go, man. Shit. I'm just trying to eat some butter popcorn and watch this film. And now here y'all go start a fight in front of me. And I get killed because y'all can't control yourselves. But yeah, this movie is amazing. Um, but coming up next, some of the bizarre things that I've heard about in this film. The movie facts. So let's dive into it, huh? And um, before I start these movie facts, I just wanted to say there is so much movie facts that I just could not write it down. I had to keep so many different um, tabs open. So I'm going to pull them up from my tabs here in a little bit. But one of the ones that I did had to write down because it just um, stood out to me a lot. Robert Townsend was in this film. He plays one of the gang members in the movie called the Baseball Furies. He's the only black member in that uh, gang. And I will dive into this, into the gangs a little bit here because it, it's going to be in my top five. But one of the gangs that are, that stands out in this movie is called the Baseball Furies. You know, they wear, um, they wear these whole, they're decked out in legit baseball uniforms. They carry baseball bats and they have face paint. And, one of the things about the Baseball Furies was that each and every single gang member, well, when they casted this movie, the the actors of the game, Baseball Furies were all old as hell. Like they were um, over 35, is what, 30 or over, 35 or over, something like that. But um, yeah, so 
they were like a basically all white gang except for one member, Robert Townsend. And for those of you that don't know Robert Townsend, he was on my episode a couple. He was on my show a couple episodes ago. The Meteor Man. Okay, he directed Meteor Man. He was Meteor Man. He is Meteor Man. Meteor Man. Meteor Man. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I couldn't even tell because, you know, they, they have face paint on. You can't really see face paint. And and um, when I rewatched the film, I knew there was a black guy in the Baseball Furious, but I didn't know it was him because you can't really see his face too well. Um, they just would show him for like a little instant and then it would go away. And the reason why I knew it was a black guy because I would look at his arms and you know, I could see by the tone. I'm like, oh, it's a black guy in the game. So, yeah. Let's dive into the rest of the uh, movie facts, shall we? So, there's a f- during one of the scenes, one of the most uh scene, one of the most popular scenes was one they ran into a game called the Orphans. Um, that scene was interrupted by a police chase. So. While they were filming, there was a police chase going on, and it went through their um, through their set. So yeah, there was um, huge crowds of spectators during the film, even at three a.m. when they were filming, because they filmed this movie. Another another movie fact: they filmed this movie legit all night. There is only one scene. There was supposed to be two scenes. Okay, one scene in daylight was supposed to be in the beginning. But they cut that. And the second scene of Daylight is at the end of the film. When they finally make it back to Coney Island. So they legit filmed all night. And there was crowds just out there watching them film this movie. Um, One of the gangs in the movie. Turnbull ACs. Their fake gang. I guess like during a break or whatever. They went to um, this hamburger joint. While while on break from filming, and people were scared of them, thinking that they were a, a legit gang, and they were and they ran away from them because they were scared they were going to they were going to get attacked. So I thought that was pretty funny or interesting. They had to um, another fact they had to get approval from a not just one gang, but a lot of gangs to film. On their turf. And they also had to get approval to film in Coney Island, where the wars is based in. They had to get a um they had to get approval from a gang called the Homicides. They were the real gang of Coney Island. And they didn't like that a ficti- fictional gang like the Warriors were wearing colors on their turf. So the wardrobe department made sure. Nobody walked off location while wearing the Warriors colors, so it was a, uh, it was legit dangerous to film this movie during that time. I mean, even had the cops, they even went to the cops, and the cops gave them advice on, gave them like a playbook or whatever, saying, "Hey, this gang is this, this, this. Don't mess with this gang. This gang is okay." It's like the cops are tough. The cops couldn't even step in and fix this. So you just know how dangerous New York was back in the 70s. Um, let's see. Crew members were sent 
threats, death threats, because some of the local gangs weren't in the movie. And they took it to and those, those gangs really took it to heart. So they, you know, like I said, they threatened them. And then they also damaged $1,000 worth of equipment. Like they just, um, the, the gang, one of the gangs found out that the, that the um, crew, like the crew members were on lunch or something. So they went through their set and destroyed $1,000 worth of equipment. And it was, it's crazy, man. Um, I found, I even found out that the director or whoever, like the, the cast, the, the crew had to hire, also hired and paid um, an, uh, a real gang called the Mongrels. They paid them $500 a day to protect their film trucks and their sets. So they couldn't even have the police protect them. They had to have local local gangs protect them. So that's kind of crazy. The, the film crew got urinated on um, because they were making so much noise at night and people were trying to sleep and everything. So people don't like that. President Reagan called Michael Beck um, Swan, the main protagonist of the film, he called he called him to tell him that he enjoyed watching the Warriors and that it was one of his favorite films of the seventies. The um actress, the I guess like the yeah the main and only actress in this film, Mercy, played by um Miss. Deborah Van Valkenburg. Yeah, she uh, suffered some injuries, some injuries in this film. She fell and sprained her wrist in this film. And she also had her face, uh, had her face busted open by a bat. Accidentally, of course. And she was rushed, she was rushed to the hospital at 3 a.m. for stitches. Until this day, she still has a scar. Um, there was a issue on set with Thomas Waits, who plays as Fox and the director of and the director of this film, Walter Hill. And I heard there's like a lot of fighting and bickering going on between the two. That finally, Walter Hill had enough and decided to kill the character on set. And Thomas Waits wasn't even in the, on on set or even in this scene. When he had his character killed, they had the double play. Oh, they had his double play as him. And then they just killed him off right then and there. So, anyway, I don't know what type of beef they had. But, you know, it got to be beef if if you don't even show up for your own death scene. Or they just kill you. Or they just kill your character right on set because of you. So, there was a deleted... uh part in the script that I was really interested in that I wish I could have seen that would have stayed in the um in the film and that scene was that Swan he becomes the leader of the warriors Swan he gets abducted by a homosexual group a gang called 
the the dingoes and they have doberman pinchers which i'm like dog that's badass but um he gets abducted and then he escapes and somehow leaves the warriors home and i wish i would they would have kept that in there but they didn't and um yeah kind of sucks would have been very interesting robert de niro was asked to be cowboy in this film, but he passed up on it. So that was very interesting. I would have loved to have seen Robert De Niro, but as Cowboy, I think that would have been a way too small of a role for him. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's it. That's, all, that's the movie facts I have. I, like I said, I enjoyed this, this movie facts. Oh, I forgot my fault. One more thing. These guys legit ran in this movie for hours and hours and hours. Um, Some of the crew members or cast members said that they felt like they were in a marathon because they kept running so much in this film. In the movie, you can just see them drenched in sweat. Michael Beck, who plays a swan, the, the main protagonist, he um he would talk about how much how much they would run all night and then he said after the film was over with he'd go work out and run some more to build up his stamina and everything like that so i was so much applause to him man oh finally i see i, I know i forgot something too is another thing i thought uh this is another thing i forgot my final movie fact this is the last one i promise there's a the last final, not the last final, was it the final? Yeah, I'll say the final. The last final fight scene in the Warriors where it's between the Warriors and the Punks and they fight in the men's restroom in the subway. It took them five days from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. to shoot this scene. And I thought that was crazy because, you know, the I don't know why, why it took five days to fight to shoot a fight scene but it is what it is and it was still it was still regardless one of the one really good scene one really good fight scene it helps make the movie really well so yeah those are the movie facts right there i probably won't go on too much but what did y'all think about that i i enjoyed that i thought it was pretty bizarre especially with the gangs destroying the set and sending them death threats and them hiring gang members to protect their to protect their um their crew and their films and everything and you know what i forgot the most important movie fact of all and that's my fault i forgot the most important one so when cyrus is giving his speech in the beginning of the film there's like a big, huge crowd listening to him, right? So within that crowd, they didn't have enough extras. So they so they hired real gangs in that to to play as the extras. And they have the real gangs sitting in the crowd listening to Cyrus talk. And not also not not only did they have real real gangs in the crowd, they also had excuse me, they also have real undercover cops in the crowd too to make sure that the gang 
that the gangs don't fight each other or don't start up a ruckus. So the so the crowd watching Cyrus talk is actually made up of extras, the warriors, real gangs, and undercover cops. So I thought that was amazing. And then like that scene is probably one of the best scenes of the film. It's probably the best scene. Arguably the best scene of the film because you can just feel the energy of them getting riled up and excited to hear Cyrus talk. And I'm going to dive into that Cyrus speech a little bit into my top five because it's in my top five. And um, is that coming up next? No, it's not. Man, come on. I'm deep into episodes of this podcast. I don't even know my, my segments just like that. Can you believe that? No, up next, the segment is the segment that's coming up next is the things I would change about this movie. So the things I would change about this movie. Going back to earlier what I said, Walter Hill, the director of the film, wanted to use an all black or black and Latino gang, like the book, but Paramount didn't want to do it. So I would have personally changed it to the way the book is. And I would have had like a gang full of blacks and Latinos in this. And I would have changed that. And also, I would have I wouldn't have and so I it's my my, my first one. My second one I wouldn't I would have changed is that the leader, Cleon, he gets killed early in the film. Now, I understand, you know, because, you know, that steps up for Michael Beck, Swan, the main protagonist, to step up and take over the as a Warriors. And, you know, it's not bad. You know, still a great film. But I want to have killed Cleon off. Cleon is just such a badass dude. Um, he has, like, a rag over his head. It's like a cheetah print rag. That's hard. And he was, like, a real legit leader. You can just feel it. You know, he delivered that role. Um... Dorsey Wright, he delivered that role on point, and you can just feel him taking over. Just soldier, keep your mouth shut. So I like I like him, and he got killed off too early. But it had to play as that for them for them to start this movie off right, you know, because um, during the speech, like I said earlier. If you for, if you forgot, or I'm remind you right now during the speech, the leader of the Gramercy Riffs, Cyrus, delivers an amazing speech. Gets shot, falls off, and breaks into like a terrorist, and the crowd goes bananas and they run off in shock, not knowing what happened. And the police show up and try to arrest everybody, and Cleon is. Telling the warriors to run against the crowd. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run in the same direction as the crowd. Run against the crowd. So he he tells them what to do. Then he like checks to see if Cyrus is really dead or whatever. So he checks to see see him, and you know you just look. You just see like a look of disappointment in in uh, Cleon's face. And while he's standing over Cyrus's body, you see Luther, the main antagonist, leader of the rogues, points at him yelling, that's him! That's the warrior! He shot Cyrus! And 
Cleon not knowing what's going on. Tells him, what are you talking about, man? I didn't do nothing, man. And um, Luther starts screaming at him, jumps over this fence to run towards him, saying, the Warriors did it! The Warriors did it! And Cleon, like, holds up, holds his own. He knocks out Luther, knocks out another, uh, knock, I think knocks out two more rogue guys, rogue gang members, and then that's when the Grammarcy Rift step in, and they just annihilate his ass with elbows, and that's pretty much how he dies. He gets killed off screen. And I would have uh, kept Cleon a little bit, at least a little bit longer in the film, because I liked him. I mean, he was... His, he he was uh he was gone too soon in this film. So yeah, I would have changed Cleon's death, and I would have also changed the way the warriors looked. Now on to the next thing, the next big thing, boys boys and girls. Here we go with the top five, and I'm not gonna lie to y'all, this top five is gonna take a while. So sit back and relax. So I got um sidetracked a little bit but I wanted to go ahead and go back to things I would change about this movie so a couple more things because I looked at my top five and I was like you know what dang I should have said that my things about I would change so a couple more things I would have changed I also would have included the dingo scene where Swan gets kidnapped you know with the with the dingoes because I wanted, wanted to see that gang and I also wanted to see more gangs involved in this movie because in the intro you you were introduced to all these awesome looking gangs and I would have gave pulled out a couple more just a couple more because the gangs that really have like a huge involvement in the warriors is the warriors obviously we have the Gramercy Rips looking for the warriors you have the Turnbull Aces um the orphans you have the Rogues, the Lizzie's was a pretty good one, the Punks, and the Baseball Furies, right? I'm pretty sure that's it. I would have at least included two more games because I, I I really would have loved to see more scenes with them. I would have like drawn it out just a little bit more. But yeah, let's involve some of the games more in this movie. So those are the things I would have changed about this film. Now going into my top five. The gangs that are in the Warriors. I love, 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 love them. And bear with me, folks, because I should have been more professional and had this list pulled up because I um a moron. I should have had it. You're moron, you're moron. So <clears throat> as I tap away on this. Let me go ahead and uh, while I pull this up and play some music for y'all. Now y'all caught. Now you caught my heart in the evening. Cause my cheek moved in. You confused things. Said I just set out or come harder. Help me find my way. All right, here we go. The list right here. So the lit the gangs that are involved in this movie that are in the intro. You know, well I'm gonna. I'm at, first of all I'm talking about y'all seen this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, please watch it. If not. It's okay because I'm about to dive into it and explain how they all look like. So we have the Warriors, the 
our people we cheer our gang we cheer for in this film. You know, they wear a red vest and it says Warriors on the back and it's a pretty cool logo. You know, got a skull with got a skull with like wings on it. So that's pretty cool. We have the Gramercy riffs. And they are the biggest gang or the biggest street gang, more organized street gang in the in all of the film. They are an all black gang. They do like martial arts and uh, they wear these orange karate geese. And that's hard, man. You know, they are you got you got Masai, the leader who takes over, he's pretty badass too. He has dark shades on and a, and a black, and like a black thick gown or whatever. That shit hard. So they're the like the biggest gang, and they're the ones that put the word out for the warriors because they want the warriors. So they in they in charge, man. They in charge. We have the rogues. Um, they wear black leather vests. We have the Turnbull ACs. And the Turnbull ACs, they are a diverse gang. They all bald heads, and they ride around the city in an old bus. Um, and they kind of—they kind of like a, I guess, bikers or skinheads, if you could say so. But they—they a big diverse group. I don't think anybody in that gang is not one bit racist. We have the orphans. They wear these dirty ass, greasy ass, green olive shirts and these bell bottom jeans. Like that shit ugly. But yeah, the orphans are just um they're just kinda lame. I'm not gonna lie. Like I said earlier, the baseball furies, they have like a whole baseball outfit on and Face paint, um, the the inspiration behind the baseball furies was that um, the the director Walter Hill was such a big huge fan of Kiss that he wanted to somehow involve that inspiration into this film, and he put that with the baseball furies. We have the Lizzie, we have the Lizzies, the um, the all female gang. And they use their looks to lure some of the warriors into their um, spot or whatever. And they try to kill them. You know, the Lizzie's mainly are mainly equipped with, like, weapons. It was, like, are mainly equipped with guns. And that's how they get your ass. They lower, it, they lower you in with their looks and then they shoot your ass. We have the punks who... Mainly wear overalls, and um, and they wear denim overalls. And the gang leader, he's um he stands out because he's wearing his overalls, and he also has a pair of roller skates. And he just rides around New York in roller skates, I guess. We have the Boppers. They are from Harlem, and. These dudes wear purple vests and pimp hats. And I, I fuck with that, man. I like I like their look a lot. They are um they are, they are an all black gang. And 
like I said, they they pretty hard, man. Uh, they are, they have a bigger role. A lot of these games have bigger roles in the video game. So I'm gonna dive into that a little bit later on into the show. But yeah, we have the Hurricanes. Uh, they are from Spanish Harlem, and they are rivals against the Boppers. We have the Hi Hats. They are from Soho, and Soho is very artistic. So high hats are, you know, they wear these black high hats, and they have face paint on. They look like mines. Or, yeah, mines, right? Mimes. Mimes. My fault. We have the electric eliminators who wear these um, bright yellow jackets. We have the Saracens who mainly wear black tank tops. And they are based in Brooklyn. They are rivals to the Electric Eliminators. We have the Jones Street Boys who um, wear black and yellow shirts. Oh, this just in. They are rivals of the Saracens, so never mind. I guess not the Electric Eliminators. We have the Savage Huns from Chinatown. Uh, our Chinese gang. We have Satan's Mothers. The Boyle Avenue Runners. The Moon Runners. The Van Cortland Rangers. And these dudes have black and white pinstripe shirts and they are also rivals against the moon runners we have the panzers the gladiators and a whole lot more stick with me now the alley cats the amsterdam all-stars the black hands the black jacks the Big Trains, the Charlemagnes, the Colt 45s, the Dealers, the Delaney Rovers, the Dingoes, the E Street Shufflers, the Easy Aces, the 8th Avenue Apaches, the Fastballs, the 5th Street Bombers, the Fillmores, the Fire Tasters, the Five Points, the Gerards. The Gohars, the Gunhilly Dancers, the Gunhill Dancers, and um, yeah, the list. I'm not looking at the list. It just keeps going on and on and on. I'm gonna pick out this last one because I like this name a lot. The Zulus, like Shaka Zulu. If you guys don't know the the African um, warrior, I believe he was like a war general too, but very iconic. Um, yeah, if I was in this movie. And if I was in this game, and if I had to pick a game to be in, I mean, shoot, man, I kind of, I kind of fuck with some of these names a lot. I like the Moon Runners. I don't know if I like that name or not, but I like the Moon Runners. I like the Boppers. I'm telling you, I was a big fan of the Boppers watching this movie. I was like, damn, these dudes look hard. Um, the Warriors, obviously, right? The Gramercy riffs were awesome, but you know. I'm a bald head dude. 
I like to sit down a lot. So I'm probably gonna have to be, I'm probably gonna pick the Turnbull ACs. You know, they bald heads, they diverse, they just sit in the bus all day. Eh, give me that. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. My lazy ass gonna sit in the bus all day. The Turnbull ACs is probably the gang I would join in this movie. So, yeah. Moving on to my next top five. The uniqueness of each warrior. And so what I mean by that is, you know, you have Vermin, who's the comedy guy of the, the funny guy of the warriors, right? You have Ajax, who represents the muscle, and he's ripping benches apart and stuff. He's also very aggressive in this film. So you have that, like, like the really most aggressive guy is Ajax. Um, you have Rembrandt, the artistic guy who tags, tags the logos of the warriors, um, all through the movie. You have Swan who represents like a real stone, true leader. Um, cowboy, you know, you got, you got all these guys that just like legit each character represents his own. My favorite warrior would probably have to be. Either Cleon or Cochise. Cochise, you know, he um he has his wild afro. I like his afro in the film. And he has like this Indian attire. So he's pretty hard. He's pretty hard with it. Like I said, you got Cleon with the lep- with the leopard print hat on and stuff. So yeah. The uniqueness of each warrior. Like each warrior member stands out. And and you see it. My number three, the speech scene in The Warriors that that Cyrus delivers in this movie. It is such a great, an amazing speech, a great scene. I mean, shoot, he really does get these people fired up and really gets the crowd going. He really makes these people believe. It's such a great scene, I mean, such a great speech. I just wanted to read a couple lines from it. So, here we go. So, Cyrus' speech from the, from the Warriors film. He goes, Can you count, suckers? I say the future is ours. If you can count. Now, look what we have here before us. We got the Saracens sitting next to the Jones Street Boys. We've got the Moon Runners. Right by the Van Cortland Ranges. Nobody is wasting nobody. That is a miracle. And miracles is the way things ought to be. You're standing right now with nine delegates from a hundred gangs. And there's over a hundred more. That's 20,000 hardcore members. 40,000 counting affiliates. And 20,000 more not organized but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <sighs> and that's when like the whole crowd goes insane, boy. They go bonkers. And I love this scene, man. This it's amazing. And it's just how it's just incredible how smart this 
this guy was, and then out of a sudden gets killed. You know, he was he was there, these uh, gangs leader to look up to. I mean, he was gonna bring everybody together and take over New York. So I just love this movie, and I love this speech scene specifically because it's very iconic. It it helps it helps um brand this movie gives it its push my number four on my top five about this movie is those damn warrior vests i love those vests it's part i'm i'm a have to buy me one of these vests soon because this is what i'm about to be as a halloween i'm about to be a warrior as a halloween i know i said i'm gonna be a turnbull ac but shoot let me go ahead and roll that warrior vest right quick for a couple seconds so those vests are, like I said, are very are very nice. They don't they got they red, and they got the uh, on the back of them it says the Warriors, and it has like a skull with wings on it. That's hard, man. That's real hard. And finally, my number five is going to be the baseball Furies fight scene, and that's another great movie scene right there. You know because they're mostly just running the entire time, and then finally they decide to stop running and start to start fighting back and they they just like wipe out the baseball furies which you know i like that scene but come on if it was realistic dudes um because if it was realistic with this movie scene at this point the warriors had to split and separate from each other so we got what four warriors together and three are there's three of them together and then there's four together so they got separated like i said and the and for the warriors, Swan, Ajax, Cowboy, and Snow are getting chased by the baseball furies. You know they're they're nine they're nine hardcore members, and nine against four with baseball bats, bro. I don't I don't care who you are. You getting wiped out. You getting wiped out. So you know that was like a little bit unbelievable. But at the same time, I mean. The scene works and it's hard, so I mess with that scene a lot. And yeah, that's my top five gangs in the Warriors. Uniqueness of each warrior. The speech scene. Those damn vests. Those damn Dudleys. And uh, the baseball furious fight scene. So, does it deserve a sequel? Um... There have been many talks about remakes. It's long overdue for a sequel. I don't need no sequel. They all—I mean, no offense—but they are old as hell now. What the fuck they gonna do? Trying to run around in the sixties, seventies? Nah. They are. They. This movie does not deserve a sequel. It's fine the way it is. But there have been many rumors about a, a remake. First, it was supposed to be a modern re- remake. This time involving real gangs such as the Crips, the Bloods, the Latin Kings, etc. Um, in 2005, Rockstar Games, creator of Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption, and all the and the Red Dead games, Midnight Club, they um created a video game for the Warriors, and it is set as a prequel, and also like. You fight through them for movie too. So not only does it serve as a prequel, but you're also reliving the whole movie scene too. 
So if you haven't watched the movie, you basically play the whole movie watch, uh, playing this game. And um, there's also a comic book designed as a sequel to the movie too. But I'm going to dive a little bit into that more into the, into my concession stands as well. So I got I still got a good bit of cover in the concession stand. But currently, Hulu is somewhat connected to making a series for the movie. I don't know. It's a so overall, it's a great movie, but I just don't need a sequel to this film. I'm I'm fine without a sequel, a prequel or a remake. Um, kind of be hard to do because you know this was made in the '70s, and the way they would, the way the Gramercy riffs said, "I want all the warriors." Send the word, send the word, send the message. Um, they used a radio station and they used a DJ, and all the games were tuned into this radio station. So, yeah, you know, no, and nobody really had cell phones back then too. So, everybody damn near has a cell phone today. No one really listens to this radio station like that. So, I don't know how that would make a sequel to, in today's time, but it would be interesting, huh? If or a remake in today's time, but I would. Maybe give the remake a chance. Maybe depends who you guys get, because that leads me to my next and final segment: the Hollywood Shuffle. So, in my Hollywood Shuffle, I'm going to stay as true as possible and have the game, and I guess cast the game like how it's supposed to be. In the book. So for my leader, Cleon, I want Michael B. Jordan. Swan, second in command. I want David Castaneda to play as this guy. And David is mainly known as Diego in the Umbrella Academy. I want to, or he's mainly known as, or known for, Diego in the Umbrella Academy. I want Shamik Moore as Fox. And Shamik Moore, you know, he's known for the get down, dope. And he's also Miles Morales in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Give me Justice Smith as Reb, as Rembrandt from the get down as well. He's also in the second Jurassic World movie. I want uh, David Diggs as Snow. I want... Jason Janelle Ganelle as Cowboy, and he's known as uh, Ruby from On My Block. I want Oscar Isaac as Vermin, because I can see Oscar Isaac play, playing a perfect uh, lighthearted comedy guy in this gang. And Oscar Isaac, he's mainly known as, or main, yeah, mainly known for playing as Poe Dameron in the new Star Wars films. John Boyega. I want him as Cochise. And um, my last warrior member I have on here. Uh, Brandon P. Bell as Ajax. And Brandon P. Bell is known as, mainly known for playing as Troy Fairbanks from Dear White People. Um... Rest of the cast, a little over the top, you know, maybe have a short scene. But I want Denzel as Cyrus. I want to hear him deliver that speech. 
Can you dig it? I can just, I want to see Denzel deliver that speech. And I also want Derek Luke as his second in command playing as Masai. You know, I want to see him do that, do Masai's speech. Masai's speech, very short. Who are the warriors? I want all the warriors. I want them alive if possible, if not wasted. But I want them. You know, I want I want to see Derek Luke do that. Oh, I love the I love the grammar series, man. I, I I can't get enough of them. Every time the way that they'll be adjusted, be like riffs, and then they will respond, "Yeah, right," in a big, huge crowd. So I like that, man. I want Diane Guerrero as Mercy, and she's known for uh, she's known as as Maritza Ramos in Orange is the New Black and um, Crazy Jane in the Doom Patrol series. So, yeah, that's it. That's my Hollywood shuffle. And that is the show. That's it. That's Oh, shit. I messed up my my outro. How did I mess up my outro, y'all? Y'all going to let me mess up my outro? Shoot. That's it. That's the show. We ain't got no more. Thank you so much for tuning in. And come in next week as I cover The Thing. Yep. I love it. And I love you all. Thank you so much.